And we're off. Okay. <clears throat> Green and Lewis back after a week vacay. Summer break. Summer break. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to recap a lot of things, mm-hmm. including the recap everyone's been waiting for. Episodes five and six of And Just Like That. Oh God. Trick or Treat and Bomb Cyclone. didn't like her very much. You just watched season one, right? No. You would have turned against them That's, right away. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of reasons that I did already, but, okay. you know, finally, on a personal level, <sighs> okay. I decided I'd had enough of Che and her weed-smoking, drug-addicted behavior. Anyways, not much to truly report about that. I mean, you know, there was some deranged... Actually, I do. I do want to talk about one plot point in And Just Like That before we get started here. Oh, then boy. you can fade in afterwards this will be the cold <sighs> open in the episode God. there's a there's a plot point where charlotte is that her name charlotte sherry no the bl- the brunette one there's only four of them i still don't you remember gotta get names. it right Horseface is carrie okay that one i know miranda is the lesbian miranda that's cynthia nixon yeah okay and then it's charlotte who charlotte. is the other one she, i can never She's remember got horse her teeth can't remember her and then samantha is not there she well, is that's the Kent Cattrall. that's yes. the hot one okay so Hot One's gone. Then we got the other three. She's Charlotte. coming back later in the season for a very special cameo. No, she's not. Are you serious? Yeah, they paid her a shitload of money. How do you know this? This has been widely reported. Oh, okay. Wow. She's well, been doing interviews like, oh, you're back. Yay. Boy, I hope Reed doesn't listen to this. I don't want to spoil that for her. It's she's all gonna, over the internet. She's going to be so excited. It's all over the internet. I don't think people that watch that show are on the internet. At least not that corner It was of the on internet. morning television. Well, that, you know, that's a different audience. Like Hoda and... Kathy or whatever the fuck. Yes, who do you think is watching that? Anybody under 50, would you say? Yeah. <laughs> got a lot of work from home people. They need something on in the background. Well, anyway, Charlotte, unmemorable Charlotte's adopted Asian daughter, decides uh-huh. that she's going to lose her virginity, and she proclaims this publicly at the dinner table. This is during Bomb Cyclone. Uh-huh. And then, for some reason, that can't happen. And then the next day, the Bomb Cyclone happens, so it seems like it's snowed out again. But uh, she figures out a way to go to her boyfriend, and she's very open about this with her mother, who's very alarmed that you know she she be sex positive, and uh-huh. that her daughter has safe sex. So in the snowstorm, unmemorable Charlotte goes on a mission uh, for condoms for her daughter. That's the C plot of the episode. Okay, because they're on the Upper East, and there's no bodegas up there. Yeah. Right. And then Horseface eventually gets involved. I can't remember if she solves it or not. I wasn't really paying attention. So, there you have it, guys. You don't need to watch it now. I mean, wasn't gonna. <laughs> gotta say. You seem to know a lot about it for somebody that is It's on the internet. It's unavoidable on the internet because people love to scream at the ether on it on X, you know, because that's what Twitter is now. Yeah, I heard about that. You know, Elon Musk, that was his original company. That's what PayPal was originally called. Oh, stupid. Before Peter Thiel got involved. Dumb. Uh, yeah, I, I think it is dumb. We've talked about it before. I mean, in a weird way. I didn't know they were going to change the name to X, but we kind of called this. Remember when they were, we were talking about how great of a brand Twitter is? Yeah. How the word tweet is yeah. so iconic, you can't really replace that. I think we were doing this in the what context gonna, of threads. Yeah. But anyway. What are you going to do? I X that? Yeah. Ew. I mean, I don't care. Whatever. I don't think anybody cares. Eventually, this is just going to get sold to the Saudis. I'm calling that right now. I mm. said it on a past episode. I'll say it again. That is what's going to happen, and that's fine. Mm. Everyone should just accept it. Great. 
Okay. <sighs> hmm. I forgot to send you an article that uh, Larry Gagosian has a very long New Yorker profile up right now. Larry or Jerry? Larry. Oh, okay. You know, the old man. Yes. Not the heinous young woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, apparently, he liked to uh, make lewd phone calls to women that he met in his like late 20s, mid 30s. Okay, we're just airing uh, Larry's like you know, 1990s version of sexting now? Yeah. Okay. Who, uh, according the... to whom? I would really like to read this, by the way. Oh, it's very long. I tried to send it to you, but I was trying to scroll it before the end of my lunch break, and I was like, ah, no, I can't send it. Um, it's, a, it's a long one. It's a long one. It, it's a little hagiographic. They're just kind of like... No- well, he did pay for it. Uh, Everyone no. must be aware of this. Uh, no, there's some slander. Um, <clears throat> Interesting. You know. But it does kind of position him as like he believes himself the heir to Leo. Yeah. Which is true. He did take half his, you know, his artist and his client book. So, you know. I do think you have to give him credit for that. I mean, he did usher in the like phase of galleries that, you know, globe span now. Well, yeah. That was a Gagosian original, you know. Well, he hounded uh, Sai Twombly and that's, you know, that's the expansion of Gagosian is mostly because of selling Sai Twombly. Was Twombly a Costelli artist before that? Like, I don't even know where Rainbow? he would have been. I, I don't, don't think he was. He was a... just living in Italy, just fucking huh. off, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, he's an all-American story. I keep, I keep wanting to say Jerry Gagosian. I'm ashamed of myself, but... Yeah. You know, she is so much more prominent in my mind these days. But Why? He, he Larry, is an yeah. all-American story, you know? I, a lot of it's probably fucking retrospective navel gazing bullshit but you know his whole poster origin story and then is real selling basquiat's and he seems like he mostly did it for himself i mean i'm sure he's from money but no he he, his dad was a armenian some like he's armenian so he's like uh his dad did day trades but it was mostly like selling to his friends sound familiar armenian that's all you needed to say working in finance but his mom didn't like that no because he was bad he like kind of like gambled a lot drank too much armenian well yeah but he'd lost a lot of money armenian that's all you know that's all anybody needed to know he's 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 from the hood and he made it out is he from la he's based in la i know that's where he got started but yeah that makes sense okay yeah Um, i mean i heard a i heard a well i'm sending you a photo of from the article that's you know an indictment of itself what did you hear uh, I'll talk about it on the after show. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, that's Steve Martin. Uh-huh. I was like, wait a minute, he's not looking so good. Oh, but that's him in the background. He also doesn't look so good. And then, oh wait, it's Woody Allen. Uh huh. This is a murderer's row of <laughs> Epstein's black book right here. Uh, holy fun? cow! Oh god. Yeah. Wow, he looks like shit. He's a little I gotta bloated. be honest. He he's seventy-eight. I know. I mean, yeah, okay, f- fair enough. But even a mere 10 years ago, I mean, I guess was, there's a big gulf yeah. between your late 60s and your late 70s. But he was looking a lot more healthy. Now he looks like he's been golfing. He looks a little puffy. Yeah. If that's what we call taking the PJ down to the Virgin Islands. But, well, you know. Why take to the Virgin Islands when you can go, you know, global? What the fuck? Well, there's a very specific island down there. Well, I don't think he went. His, I bet he did. His his clients absolutely it, it's a lot about the clients it is there's a lot about the clients in this uh you know because he was basically brokering deals between them and taking you know 10 percent off each side which seems you know conflict of interest well no i mean that's just being the middleman uh, the art yeah. dealers are the used car salesmen of the luxury market yeah so you, you, all's fair in art and war and you know 
and I used condos. Well, again, Larry kind of like uh, originated a lot of this like oh, yeah, gray it, area haggling. Oh yeah. At, now everybody does it. So hey, good for him. Next thing you know, he'll be opening a stock market in Liechtenstein where you can buy fractional shares of individual artworks. Larry's masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, that's the new generation now. I hate that. I know. Ugh. That's cool. I do want to read that. Maybe maybe I'll have an update next week after after I do. Yeah, but again, very long. Give yourself about twenty minutes. Hmm. Uh, that for me, that probably means forty. You're quite a fast reader. So if it was long for you, for the average person, it's a tome. Well, I kind of accidentally you know closed out of it. Had to reopen. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was an oopsie. Um. Yeah, very intriguing. Weird man. Weird guy. Strange guy. Yeah, he. Mu- I mean, he must be. Yeah. There's no way you you rise to that level take of prominence. Polaroids during dinner parties, like sneak off to side rooms, take photos of the art on the walls, and then just be like, "Hey, do you want to sell this thing that I saw while I was in your home?" Wouldn't the people be like, "Why were you taking pictures in my house?" But then he'd shove a dollar sign at them of like, mm. "It'd be this much." True. Okay. Or maybe he was just taking them for his own records, you know, mm. like a Jeffrey Dahmer thing. He had a book of other people's art that he hoped nobody ever found, and he just happened to know that you had a Rothko no. or whatever. Because some collector was like, "Is that my, is that my, is that my ex painting above my couch? Is that my home? When were you taking photos in my home?" You know, because dinner parties, you know, get a little little tipsy. Everybody's you know outside having a cheeky sig or whatever, and mm-hmm. he's just like. Well, I'm glad that, you know, people were at least a little bit galled by that. I mean, you sh- he shouldn't be doing that. And what happens, you know, you're at a dinner party, there's quiet chatter around the table, and from the other room you hear a Polaroid. Again, in a mansion, I'm just thinking this is this is some Sound of Freedom shit happening in the other room, and I don't like it. You know, next thing I know, the Mossad's going to be blackmailing me. Huh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It just it all Wait, feels Sound very... of Freedom, that movie with Jim Caviezel? Yes. <laughs> it all feels very sinister. Which, by the way... What? We did call this also. We were like, what did, What has he done in a while? And then all of a sudden Here he pops he up with this thing. Well, I know. And, and, and Jesus' resurrection is coming out, as we discussed, I believe, on I an after show one time. God. I'm very excited for that. Um, that particular movie is only advertised, because I get it on podcast ads, only in Spanish. It's very popular amongst the Latino community in this country. At the end, apparently, he says go buy more tickets and give them to people so everyone knows about this story. Wait, like in the narrative they say that? Like during the credits. Wow, weird. Yeah. Like he pops up and does a little aside. I don't know. I've heard conflicting things about this. I've heard that that movie has a lot of really organic support because the mainstream media has kind of shunned it and uh, you know, people at post Epstein are very aware that child sex trafficking is a real problem mm. and, and yet the liberal elite would like to downplay this. It's true. Mm. Uh, so maybe it's all organic. But the other thing that I've heard is that the production company Angel Studios or whatever, which is this weird, like, bit more or less conservative, like, independent studio, that they bought a lot of tickets to their own movie yes. just to, like, y- you know, generate support. Now, I don't know if that's true. I don't know which of those is true. I think they're equally as likely to be true, oddly. And I, you know, I think it's probably 50-50. I think huh. they probably did some clever marketing, but I also think people probably genuinely like it. Although I did hear it was like made for TV level quality. Oh, of course. It's got like a big budget or whatever, but like the writing and directing is like it might as well be a Seagal movie. It is a Seagal. What are you talking about? Well, I've heard it's just a straightforward remake of Taken, basically. <clears throat> the Liam Neeson. Joint. Taken's fun. Got good speeches in it. Well, and it doesn't have the it doesn't have political stink all over it. But you know, mm. hmm. 
It's it's a weird inversion these days that the people most likely to see an anti-government movie um, aren't aren't liberals anymore. Well, you know, I think that's what people don't like about it because it's basically this guy was in the FBI and then he dropped out of the FBI uh, because they were not going far enough to pursue some of the leads he had. But he would also just like find the people and then just drop them off and be like, "Good luck." There's no aftercare, like no therapy, no, nothing. I don't think he probably had the resources on his own to do that. No. I'm not saying that that's right or anything, yeah. but like, you know, who knows? I don't know. Mm. I don't know enough. This has caused a lot of weird consternation. I've had a lot of like weird conversations about this huh. without anybody seeing it because it's a lot of people in, you know, in left liberal circles that hear about this on podcasts and want to mock it. Mm. And I'm sort of like, well, I like Jesus from the Passion of the Christ movies <sighs> and I'm willing to give this the benefit of the doubt, you know? Uh-huh. I watch Alex Jones. I know what's going on. So you gonna watch Sound of Freedom before Oppenheimer, though? But I'm also not going to watch Sound of Freedom. This is more what I'm excited to talk about. I have not seen it yet, mm. and I'm not going to get to see it for a little while. Because, as you know, I am in love with Leo, and Leos don't have birthdays. They have birthday weeks and months, and it bleeds into the following year. So this is a birthday weekend coming up here, and I'm not going to get to it. As I was just oh. on vacation. I was just going to say, if you want to go on Sunday and do Barbenheimer. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. I would do that, but I've already looked at tickets, man. It is sold the fuck out. Oh. All over the The movies place. are back, baby. I looked at this when I was on vacation. Because I thought, <laughs> because I thought you know what? I knew I should have done this months ago because mm. it's in the special formats and all this. And oh, of course, right, I would right. love to see it at Lincoln Center and IMAX 70mm. Oh, it's at that one East Village Theater, too. I know. I looked there. There were available tickets for shows there, but they were at like 11. 45 p.m. Oh. on like a weekday so i couldn't do that and then all the weekend tickets including sunday yeah, fuck, your yeah. sol there's a few left at alamo and stuff like that but the seats yeah. are shitty and all this yeah so the only like decent times are into next week like weeknights hmm. next week which i think is probably the soonest i'll be able to see it on a standard theater that's fine though if i really like it I'll wait a couple of weeks till things quiet down and get a ticket yeah. to a better screen. I doubt I'll like it that much, though. Mm. I, I, this is a movie that I'm not afraid of spoilers on. Because you know what happens. I know the whole fucking story already, so yeah. I don't care. So I've been watching reviews and reading things. and It seems like, you know, all my reservations about Christopher Nolan have always been correct. And I'm going to have the same feeling about it that I would have had anyways, which is just, it was fine, glorious spectacle, but we could do better than this. Well. You know? That being said, I'm still very excited about it. I think Cillian Murphy is going to be uh, uh, scintillating in it. Yeah. I'm very excited just to see how they did the atomic bomb scene at the end with practical effects. That I basically oh, just yeah. want to see that. That's Lots of dust pretty much in all I'm in it for. Very interstellar dust. Well, I know they've been releasing like featurettes mm -hmm. over the last couple of weeks, whatever studio it is. And they did one on the practical effects, and it does kind of deflate it when you're like, oh, oh. they just like sparked a lighter and filmed it with a camera that can do close-up slow. That's not that interesting. You know what I mean? It's like, it looks cool, I guess, but when you know actually how it's done... That's I'm like that bullet in an apple. Like, I don't give a shit. I'm way less interested knowing how they did it. Some of it's cool, but like a lot of it's just miniatures, and you're like, oh. Oh, we did that in the 70s. Yeah. And it probably looks better now. Yeah, Cameras are better now, so I'm oh, sure yeah. it looks good. But, you know, hey, I want to see it all combined in the context of like the thrust of a movie, but Christopher Nolan and pacing... So we'll see Three if they, if they yeah, yeah, we'll see if they actually do it. Barbie, on the other hand, I've heard very mixed reviews about Barbie. Yeah. Are you feeling the Kennergy? Are there, you excited for it? I mean, I would like to see both. I feel like if, if this is what we're doing with summer movies instead of Marvels, I'm like, you know mm -hmm. what? Everybody go to the movies, you know? 
Well, this we I... got we got to say yes to all of this because fuck, fuck Kate movies. I'm I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more with this. Like the like, even if I hate it, I'll be like eh, exactly air conditioned in here. I don't give a shit. Well, the most exciting thing about it is that at least both of these movies are original scripts. You know, Barbie pre existing property, Oppenheimer pretty well known story, but. That being said, they're original written things that are not sequels to something else. Yeah. Thank God. And they've like broken and records. More independent like produ- production companies. Like it's Margot Robbie's production company that did Bobby. Is that right? Yeah. I heard it was a Greta Gerwig movie. Is that correct? She wrote it That's and directed insane. it. But Margot Robbie produced it. Wow. That's really think, weird. Right? Yeah. It, it, it kind of makes me want to see it. I mean, I've liked Greta Gerwig stuff in it the past. Costs so che- it was so cheap to make, too. It only cost one hundred and forty-five million to make, and That's the first a lot. for that movie. That's a fucking shit ton. But in the first day, it made one hundred fifty. First weekend, one hundred fifty million. So it already comped. Oh yeah, I alluded to it a second ago. But this weekend, I think was like the fourth biggest box office weekend ever. Oh shit! Like well, it just down from like two Star Wars movies, Avatar, and one other thing, Fast hmm. and Furious, or whatever. Yeah, you had to combine both yeah, movies yeah, yeah. to get there. It's sort of a, yeah, on a technicality, yeah. but it, everyone's talking about it because it's a big deal. It does feel like a monocultural moment that I haven't experienced mm-hmm. in a while, and I'm a little bit sad that I haven't seen either movie right. kind of on opening night. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about this many years ago, like with the Infinity War stuff. Like it is fun. Like wh- yeah. whatever you think of those movies, getting caught up in that like sensation, it's the reminder that the 20th century was cool and that we don't live in it anymore. Well, I, w- I want to go take pictures <laughs> in the like the little Barbie plastic thing you know i have to say those look great the people however hold on before you good get bit into of it, fun but i think you're about to say what i was going to say so go ahead i need people to stop dressing up for movies Thank i don't you. like this idea me too dudes are wearing suits to oppenheimer no no no, no, no. douchebags and then all the gays and ladies are like "Ooh, i'm ken i'm barbie fuck off go sit down in a goddamn theater shut up and shove food in your face I don't need this. Man, I saw a former friend on Instagram made an entire, like, box. She dressed up as if she was, like, athletic Barbie and put herself in, like, a cardboard Barbie box and went to the movie like that. They have the cardboard <laughs> box there for you to take the picture in. How do you even sit down? You don't. Why would you do it yourself? It's psychotic. Who did this? I, I'm not going to say on here, but, yeah, you know them, probably. I hate everybody. Um, the people, you know what? The Barbie people, I'm like, hey, look. That's a good bit of fun for girls and gays. Yeah. I get it. You you know, you all are a little more theatrical anyways. So if you want to dress up and put your pink shit on, it, fine. But people doing it for Oppenheimer, you know why they're doing this? Because they all had to dust off their fedoras that they've been storing for years? From the, from the Peaky Blinders era, because <sighs> Cillian Murphy was oh, also yeah. in that. I don't know if you're familiar with this slight internet meme of Peaky Blinders weddings. Again, it's an audio medium, so no one can see me take a, a pause, so I have to talk through it. But what the fuck are you saying at me right now? So there were guys that were so invested in Peaky Blinders when that was a phenomenon, I guess. I, I, it was never a phenomenon to me. That they uh, they and their wedding parties would be Peaky Blinders themed. So in other words, the groom and all the, and all the what are they called, bridesmen? The groom and all the bridesmen. Groomsmen. And groomsmen. The fuck is wrong? Okay. The grooms, the groomsmen, and the bridesmen would get together, and they would all put on, you know, those like vest things from the twenties. Peaky like, Blinders came out <laughs> eight years after we were wearing vests, like we were craft cocktail bartenders. Oh yeah, and then they'd roll up their sleeves, and they'd have like a newsy cap on, and everybody had the the you like know, a little ciggy hanging out, the, looking all exactly, bad. Exactly, the German uh, Wehrmacht haircut. Oh, you know, 
when that was just coming into prominence, but with like super tightly shaven sides and you'd have a Peaky Blinders wedding. So uh, the Peaky Blinders guys, it's been a few years now. And now that Cillian Murphy's back in a thing, they're like, oh, cool. It's not the 20s or the teens now. It's the 40s. So we're going to put on our like wool suits. Got to be careful with that fucking haircut in the 40s. That, well, that's true. Yeah. And, you know, it's good for all the dorks, you know. It's all very the, dorky. All the yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson motherfuckers in the world are out there like, oh, I'm cool because I know calculus or whatever. No, you're not. You're math fucking sucks. nerd. Yeah, math is boring. No one I've cares. I've been seeing. Okay, so science is cool as a as a movie thing. All right, it's not cool in real life. Stop. I mean, it's interesting. I know. I'm the I'm the science guy over here. I talk astronomy all the time. I love that shit. But I want to see the photos you guys produce. I don't care about your spreadsheets. Oh yeah, we don't get care out about, of here. We don't care about your math. Do that's some modeling. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah we what want I'm some saying. models. I want yeah. some models. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to you know make some graphics that go woo. Um. No, I've been seeing a lot of like, you know, again, just being observant in the world. Like, dudes are dressing exceptionally bad lately. And I'm really just like, because it's a lot of nerdy dudes just wearing almost what I'm wearing now, but like the slutty version, but would only work on like a ripped guy or like a Latina man, you know, like someone who's tan and buff, you know, like, and they're just like dorks with ginger haircuts trying to rock it and i'm like sir this isn't for you sometimes you have to say no you know i can't speak to men that are like trying a little bit but i was just you look like you're trying and i'm like even you know hey i guess maybe that's worse i don't know it is but i'll tell you what i was in las vegas recently oh yeah what was that and you know what's the report from drive through country. When you're on the strip with the unwashed masses, Oof. with the 400-pound masses, <laughs> not everybody's like that, but it is kind of alarming to get out of a major city, I do have to be honest. Mm. Um, I actually commented one night, because, you know, Rhea and I are there, and especially her, but even me a little bit, like, we're trying to peacock a little bit. It's kind of fun. You're on vacation. You're on the strip. You're out late at night. You, you're going to a nice restaurant, you know? Yeah, put I on saw some, you put on a white t-shirt. I, You know, yeah, I put on a white t-shirt, not a black t-shirt. That's That's how I get down. <laughs> promptly soaked it uh yellow with what? perspiration um but no you know i you know try to dress up like a little bit right wear some slacks don't wear some jeans but all the girls are doing this yeah. out in vegas you know because it's a lot of normies and it's like yeah. people going to clubs and stuff like you know it's the, clubbing it's bachelorettes bachelorettes you know dress a certain way so there's Bandage sequins oh, there's tight yeah. it's not i'm not saying it's like high fashion it's not tasteful no, no 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 but the ladies are trying the men however are out here in sweatpants flip-flops i'm talking about at night like at nice what? restaurants and stuff like it, there's sweatpants? slight codes to some places yeah. so you can't do that you can't do that but they also don't you know they just filling back filling back up so they don't really push it yeah. but yeah i mean just out going to clubs in sweatpants you know graphic tea and i'm not talking about like ed hardy like uh the no, situation like ratty, peacocking yeah. i'm talking about like you got that t-shirt for free from a cannon Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, no. Like, not Ooh, good stuff. It doesn't fit you. Yeah. You, Everything's too big. The The poor dudes that were trying, and these are the guys I felt for the most, were the Midwestern white guys, to be totally frank about this. were they? Did they look like the English with the carrot pants? We're the talking... Too tight? No, actually. There was some of the too tight stuff. That's a different t- kind of guy that's trying. Yeah. He's trying to get pussy and not achieving that goal. Of course. These guys are more like, I'm pasty. I'm you know german from minnesota and i have on the 
2004 style two baggy pants that go too far down. I have square toed shoes on. <gasps> And I have an untucked, like, pink polo. Not ironically? No. Ooh. Some guys were looking straight out of, like, church in the early 2000s. And I maybe felt they, so bad Maybe they them. just went to golf and then, you know, that's all they have is golf polos and chinos. I would think that, but the golf, you know, golf people are actually put together in an athleisure type of way. Oh, golf wear is actually, like, fitted now. I like golf wear now. Okay, that's I'm not it. saying I would I, wear it. Yeah, I mean, we, as far. we've yeah. discussed, I'm an Eggman. I can't exactly, you know, pull that off. A tight knit on you? Ooh, no, no thanks. No, thank you. But it doesn't look bad on the right person, you know? Yeah. I, in fact, a lot of professional skateboarders now that are in their early 20s and late teens, they kind of dress like golfers when they're not on the clock, you know? If they're not, like, shooting a video part or whatever, their, like, leisure, leisure I, I look yeah. nice is yeah. golf stuff. No. It's weird. Well, because that's what, what that's like what Volcom always did, though. That like a polo, yes. and then like a flat, flat front short. Yes, yes, precisely. And a dark nylon cotton blend for stretch. But no, I would say these guys were that, except they just they clearly weren't. I mean, the square toed dress shoes. I feel like I haven't seen that in a decade. I mean, that com- that has been back. What? Yeah, let's but not. You have do to that. do. You have to do it irony and do it. You know, mm. very square and has to be obnoxious. I think there's maybe a way to do that that could combine it with a more tapered look that where you could sort of pull no, off like I'm like, doing a thing. It looks like shit no matter what. Ugh, I don't yeah, know. It's, bad. it's not good. No. Anyways, yeah, I've been watching a lot of Friends, too. Why? When And Just Like That's not on, I've been watching Friends. Seasons five and six. In fact, I actually don't know what season I'm on because those episodes are only 20 minutes long and in a night. <sighs> Boy, if you're just sitting there, you can get through a lot. And you know what? You start to notice a lot of references to friends in the broader culture when yeah, because people uh, you've don't been have imaginations. It. It's true. Well, you know, just saying. Uh, we decided, meaning my partner and I decided that uh, we we were trying to decide like who's who on the show, and we decided that you and I are Joey and Chandler. Obviously, I'm Joey, and you're Chandler. Yes. Yes. But actually, without the cocaine. Like, if you didn't have to come up with a pairing of people that actually live together on the show, mm-hmm. you're still Chandler and I'm Ross. Ooh, how sad for you. I'm an, I'm a real-life Ross. I am that. I have to admit this. I hate that. Oof. I hate to say that, but it's absolutely true. There's an episode where Ross makes a big stink because somebody eats his Thanksgiving leftover sandwich out of the work fridge, and he ends up losing his job over it. You would. And yeah. I, you know, I felt similarly, you know, I felt very sympathetic to him is what I'm trying to say. I mean, and it, my whininess yeah. can reach a peak sometimes, p i q u e, when I when I'm affronted by something like taking my food. Oh, something yeah. minor will set me off in a way that yeah. something major it can't quite yeah. achieve. So I am a Ross. It's true. Um, I feel like a Monica rising though. Whoa! Wait a minute. She's very anal. I didn't think about swapping genders. Yeah. You feel like that? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I think that's a nice self-image. Is that what your rising sign is supposed to be? I have no idea. Isn't there one of them that's like the way you think you are versus the way you actually present? No fucking no. I would say whatever. I think you're. A mo- I think you're a Monica Moon. Sure, whatever. Or whatever. I thought your rising sign is the way you present to other people. Then okay, then that's a Chandler. I would say that's a Chandler, and I think and I think your main sign is also a Chandler. I think you're a Chandler, Chandler, maybe Monica, but probably more of a Chandler, Chandler, Joey. If we're being really honest here. Yeah. Or it's... Eh, no, never mind. 
You have Phoebe qualities too. Phoebe's a hard one to pin down. I feel like she's the id of the show. She's like the chaotic neutral character. She always does the really good button on the like, you know, I didn't mean it to be so offensive, but it's actually pretty accurate. So mm-hmm. you're like, well, can you be mad? No. Yeah. If it's delivered nicely. Mm-hmm. I think I might be kind of an even split of... This ro- is a BuzzFeed quiz. Why yeah. does it not exist? It should. It probably does exist, oh, honestly. Mm. I think I'm probably a dominant Ross. Like a, My main line sign is Ross. Mm-hmm. I think my rising is probably a Chandler, and then my uh, my moon is a Joey. That's just all dude all the I way I think down. I'm all on the dude side, pretty much. Mm. I don't really relate to the women on that show, I have to be honest. Uh, maybe Monica, actually. I'm more type A than you yeah. in certain ways, but it's... Uh, 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 that's the only part of her, though, that I identify right. with. I think that my, like... You get spazzy, though, too, when you have a lot of tasks. That's what I'm saying, yeah. I yeah. don't have the... You know, Joey is, like, neutral, but calm. What would you call it? It's not chaotic neutral. It's the opposite of that. It's chaotic good. Chaotic in, good. In that, you know, that pun it's uh, Joey's yeah. the chaotic good. I don't feel chaotic good at all overall. I don't have his zen about life mm-hmm. um but i do feel stupid like him often huh. i feel like i don't understand a lot of things oh. like on a fundamental level and i just never will so that's where I, why i identify with him perhaps over monica oh, i understand the phoebe now i would write smelly cat yes you would it's just dumb enough mm-hmm. oh. yeah huh. I, I think you got some phoebe in you yeah for wow. sure no one's a rachel I, I d- she Rachel, doesn't really have a personality. She doesn't actually at all. She's no. the she's the least identifiable character. How on do you the go show. from being a barista to an executive at Ralph Lauren? Well, you smoke outside with your colleagues. Do you remember this episode? I just watched it. Mm. She gets hired at that job, and she starts to get iced out by her boss and the other assistant uh, because they smoke and she doesn't. Oh. So she takes up smoking and goes outside with them. Honestly, that's how we all do it. Yeah, exactly. That's how the real world works. Yeah. But then none of, it's a very 1990s conceit where none of the friends can like stand to be around her in that era because she smells like smoke. Except oh. for Chandler, who misses smoking. Huh. Uh, yeah. You know. Huh. It's kind of a fun show. It's not a good show. No. But it's a fun show. It's just archetypes battling archetypes. It should be a YouTube show. It should be like a TikTok it the, short. It was the proto YouTube. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, okay. I need to refill my drink here. Okay. Do you have something to say? I can listen to you while I go get it. <sighs> I mean, we can also just pause. We don't even need to pause. I'll be back in one second. Okay. I'm going to have to edit this and chop it down and move it around. Oh, my. Yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed that, uh, I don't know, 10 or 15 second pause. Maybe we'll, we'll put in the Jeopardy music, but somehow I, I doubt it. I don't know. You're a little bit more ambitious with the editing than me, so perhaps I do, I do a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so do you want to hear about stuff I did in Las Vegas? Yeah. I do I do feel compelled to talk about some of that. I, I showed a picture of the glamping. Oh, you did? Uh to adam and i was like i was like i was like isn't this pretty he's like oh that's so nice i'm like it's 110 degrees right now and he's like it, but it's still pretty why are you shitting on it i'm like it's 110 degrees here's the thing about that we can start with the glamping experience why not that's the middle of the trip but we'll go there yeah 
Um, Zion wasn't so bad. Zion was huh. 110 degrees. You were correct about that, but that was during... I guessed, but I was like, that looks hot still. That was during the day. Still looked hot. Um, at night, it was quite tolerable there, actually. Hmm. Uh, the biggest the biggest concern we had was some bugs. It was a little buggy at that place, but like you know, with a candle and a campfire going, they pretty much went away. It's not like here; it's not as overrun. So at night it was okay. In the night, it, in the night it was like the low eighties, which Ooh, is dry low eighties. Not that bad. bad. Yeah. Really, not that bad. We could have a fire going comfortably. I was grilling. We hung out. You know, kind of watched the stars come out. That was my favorite part of it, of course, was the stars. Yeah. But you have to wait a fucking long time. In areas with no light pollution. Sunsets real late. Here's here's one issue is I forgot that we actually switched time zones going there. Oh. Going from Las Vegas over into Utah, you cross from Pacific time to mountain time. Oh. And as you know from growing up in Ohio, when you're on the western side of a time zone. Yeah, which, the very end. Yeah. For the listener, just picture that. Since we're going east, yeah. we're now on the western boundary of a time zone. Mm-hmm. The sun sets really, really late. Yeah. So it's set like close to 10 p.m., like 9.30-ish. Yeah. And in the desert, first of all, because there's no obstructions, and then second of all, because there's no light pollution, for the sun, the sun goes down. Like the sunset time is 9.36 or whatever. It's still got that little halo. But there's yeah. a glow on the horizon that is major for another hour. Yeah. And then there's a slight glow until deep into the night hmm. i mean it has to get past midnight for it to really go away like oh. i think one one o'clock in the morning I didn't stay up this late hmm. but i would guess like one o'clock in the morning is like when it finally finally it deepens like into a black hmm. huh. um but you know we stayed up till midnight on the first night just because i kept wanting to see more and more the problem is with the amount of heat that was there and the fact that zion's mm, relatively low elevation because you're in a valley where you're right. staying. Yeah, yeah. If you're up on a mountain, it's a different thing. Um, there's a lot of atmosphere in the way. So it's way more glorious than somewhere like New York City. But, like, the Milky Way was a faint hint of it. It uh, wasn't like a band across the sky like you see in astrophotography pictures where it's, like, pink and purple and black and, mm. you know, really prominent. We knew where it was. And you could see it. And it was very cool. And there was tons of stars. But it was a little more muted than I expected. Hmm. Still very beautiful. Uh, we were lucky because we were there during, um, I forget if it's a waxing or a waning gibbous, but it's like just the tiny toenail oh, right yeah. before or after a new moon. Mm-hmm. So barely any moonlight, oh, too, because nice. that would have obstructed it. Although we had some dick neighbors that wouldn't shut their fucking outside lights off. Because on our glamping site, you can't really see them, but you can see their ambient light. Uh-huh. There's like four or five other people, and everybody had everything off except for the people just next to us that never turned it off. So that was a little annoying, too. What did they think? Bears were coming? I don't know what people think. I think a lot of people are not there for stargazing. I think people are just there because Woo! whatever. Who yeah. cares? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody was loud or anything. It wasn't like a problem. But yeah, but why the fuck? Turn the lights off. I got to tell you, the glamping it met my expectations, though. I really, really liked coming home after a long day in the park. Because it was almost an hour away driving from Ugh. Zion. Yeah. So after long driving and long hiking and being hot and blah, 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 it was really nice to come back and just like fire up a grill, make dinner, have a couple drinks, watch the stars, go to bed in air conditioning. And, you know, we never opened our little garage yeah. door on our A-frame, but it's transparent. So you got the oh. stars all night and there's not enough other stuff around you to like make it 
a problem to leave that open. Hmm. And if you're trying to get up early anyway, it's like fine that it's there. You can draw the curtain on it if the light in the morning annoys you. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was great. That was the glamping was the best. I it was the m- most expensive part of our trip, like per night. Oh yeah, and it course, was yeah. it was worth every penny. Well, you're paying for the location, not for anything else. And yeah. the air conditioning. Yeah, yeah, and the air conditioning. Well, I mean, and having air conditioning at the time when we went, uh, absolute necessity. It would have been undoable otherwise. Even in a dry heat, you can't sleep in low 80s. It was too hot. No. No. And then by 7 in the morning, it's 100 again, so. Fuck no. Yeah. Um, the park, we went to two different parks. The parks themselves were pretty cool. Zion, um... I don't know what I expected. Everybody raves about that place. I don't know if you have this experience, but I have lots of National Parks people in my life and people that appreciate this. Zion is like high on everybody's list as like one of their favorites. And initially I was kind of like, what's the big deal? Everybody's making a big deal about this, but maybe... What's the deal with Zion? I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm just like inoculated because I've been to like Alaska. Oh, yeah. And my mom's worked in... I've seen Yellowstone and Glacier. I've seen, like, all the major ones. So, for me, it didn't initially have this, like, grand impact that other places have had. But I grew to really love it by the end of the two days because the cool thing about it is what a mixed environment it is. And you don't realize this till you walk around in it a little bit. Because it's high desert, right? So... What does that mean? It means literally desert at a higher elevation. Oh. Than other places. Okay. But because so initially what you just see if you're not looking closely is you're just like, oh, it's like a it's like a deserty canyon. There's some green in the bottom of a canyon yeah. because water collects there. Oh, right. Yeah. And that's kind of pretty because you're like, oh, it's sort of like foresty and cactusy at the bottom. And then there's fucking rocks or whatever. And sure, rocks are pretty and stuff. But like, what's the okay. big deal here? It's rocks. And then later I learned and started to notice that because of the composition of the rocks, the way that some are porous and some are non-porous. The way water penetrates this rock, it seeps out like in the in the middle of these cliffs. Rather than running down a cliff to the valley like water normally should or would, yeah. it runs down a little bit, stops, and flows out the side. And huh. it does this at different like layers all the way down the sides of these cliffs. So you get like hanging gardens, essentially. Oh. It's certain parts of it, especially deeper back when we finally went deeper in later... There's water pouring out of the side of these things all the time. So there's lots of little waterfalls and trickling waterfalls, but then also, like, hanging plants everywhere. It's very much like a natural version of what I imagine the Hanging Gardens of Babylon would have been like, which was very, very pretty and impressive, but, like, in a way that's more subtle. There's no giant landmarks. There's no Old Faithful. Yeah. There's no, uh, you know, Mount McKinley or Denali. There's no... None of that. There's yeah. no giant glaciers. There's no thing to go see. It's just all of it's kind of pretty. It's like tropical in the middle of the desert. Oh, that's f- weird. In a yeah. fun way. And, but it doesn't look like an oasis. It's hmm. different. Yeah. Um. So I kind of got it by the end. All the, all the colors are beautiful and everything. Our best hike was the last one we took, which you go to the very end of the park, narrowest part of the canyon. So the hike's called the Narrows. And you walk along this river on like a semi-paved path a couple miles and when you get to the end it just ends at the river and the rest of the hike is just in the river so i don't know if you saw my pictures but like at certain points it's it's anywhere from chest deep to ankle deep but you're in the water the entire time so that was on our like 118 degree day and not the worst thing to be no better way 
That like the, the day- water wasn't warm. It was not that warm. I mean, it's runoff from higher elevations and like inside the earth. So it's yeah. you know it's water in the sixties. It's cold. Oh, that's lovely then. It was great. Yeah, it's like pretty cold. Cold, not not so but cold that it's jarring, but yeah. like y- y- it's a refreshing cold. Yeah, warm enough you get used to it. Yeah, but cold enough that it feels good, especially yeah. when it's really hot. So that fucking rule. We almost didn't do that hike because you oh. have to take a bu- you can't drive there. You have to take a bus to the back of the park and that mm. in itself takes a lot of time and we already had to drive to the park but we decided to do it. Um actually shout out Jason Weisensall mostly on a recommendation from him. He he DM'd me on Instagram because we'd done a different hike the previous day and was like, "Hey, definitely do this." And my friend Dom had told me this ahead of time too definitely do that one and there's a swimming hole you can go find if you want to go find we Mm. did find it but it was dry as a bone well this is an off the beaten path thing like just outside of the park and we found it but it was dried up Um, but anyway the narrows fucking cool like you can hike in it's an in and out hike so you can go as far as you want like up to 14 miles in and as little as you want and we realized we thought we went far we only went about a mile that's far. There's a lot of bends. It, you're walking on rocks the whole time. <sighs> you know, Rhea only had tennis shoes on. I had real boots on. Um, but that was great. And then afterwards, we had a day on our way back to Vegas. So we drove up to Bryce Canyon, which is another two hours north. But that's a real, like, uh, Looney Tunes cartoon desert canyon. Oh, no. There's things called hoodoos that are, like, you know, those really precarious-looking rock structures that yeah. are very crumbly and, like, sort of hold... Uh, larger rocks on top of them sometimes and they're like columns um so that was fun to do we just drove through there and stopped at all the pull-offs oh yeah rather than like actually hike so it got to look a little samey but the drive is really cool because you can actually drive that park some parks you have to take buses some parks Mm. you can drive so we drove that one and that was fun i mean you drive a you drive basically up a ridge line that goes all the way up to the top highest elevation and then you drive all the way back out oh that's nice the whole way it's like just beautiful canyon to your left oranges and whites and um it looks like roman ruins at the same time that it's like natural looking the visibility is really good because you're getting up actually on top of this whereas in zion you're in a canyon this one you're on top of it Hmm. so you can see for like 150 miles on a clear day i mean it's just i don't know if i want to see that far I don't know. Expanses. It looked it looked really cool. Utah was really cool. Hmm. Everybody said that uh Utah is the most beautiful four corner state. And I would say in my dim memory of the others, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, I yeah, I'd put it up there. I think the whole four corners area is kind of beautiful though. Is Utah also where uh skiing is? Yeah, but I think that might be like more east than hmm. where I was. Like in the proper Rockies. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Um so that was the nature stuff. Yeah. That stuff was that stuff was all great, but it was a ton of driving. We drove yeah. we drove a car oh, at least a thousand miles. That's a lot. I didn't reset the trip meter, so I don't know exactly yeah. how many. Um but yeah. But you're in the West. That's like whatever. That's mm. Yeah, nobody cares over there. Yeah, they're like whatever. 
they're like, oh, you know, because we were debating, oh, do we go to Grand Canyon or do we go to Bryce Canyon? Grand Canyon's a little bit more on our way back. Bryce Canyon's more out of the way. And my mom was like, just go to Bryce Canyon. It's only two hours. And it's, it's like around yeah. here. I'm like, I don't want to drive two hours because I'm only going 3.7 miles. Correct. Yes. But there you drive two hours and it's like, oh, you went like 250. Yeah. Miles. You've gone a ways. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. All yeah. the speed limits are like 80 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. They're like, just get there. Also yeah. throws me off because oh, yeah. I tend to think of 60 miles, 60 miles an hour but actually you can go more like 100 miles yeah in an hour because you can basically go 100 miles an hour well maybe too much but you know um how much money you lose at casinos did not lose that much but i lost around 100 bucks i was pretty good the worst i was pretty good the whole time about okay i lost stop i don't think i ever actually Put in minus maybe a couple dollars at slots here or there. No, okay, I don't so. think I ever actually like doubled down. You played the slots to get a free drink. We didn't get any free drinks, by the way. <gasps> we were trying. This what? was initially the whole point, but they really just, uh, if you're not sitting right next to the bar and you don't sit there for hours and hours, they're not, they're you're not getting zero. It. Really? Yeah, you're getting nothing. Yeah. Wow. Uh, our games turned out to be roulette. Yeah. And uh, well, you, I'd never played roulette before. It was fun. You got a 50-50. I have to know? admit, there's no thinking behind roulette. Yeah. It's literally a 50-50 chance. There's different ways to split your bets to change those yeah, odds. Course, but yeah. essentially, it's 50-50, yeah. almost no matter what you do. So it's kind of fun. Because mm. you can sit there for long enough to like win a little bit and then lose it all later. Like yeah, You know, right. it yeah. lasts a bit. It's kind of fun. Not bad. I kind of liked roulette. I would play roulette again. Hmm. It's dumb odds wise yeah. like, you know you might as well play blackjack where you at least have like a tiny edge yeah or at least the house has less of an edge but well you have some skill you know some strategy you know it's amazing how much that double zero and zero the green yeah chip on the roulette it doesn't come up a lot i don't mean to say that no. but it comes up enough to really fuck everything up no yeah or let you win big but hey i don't know re was doing great gambling hmm. i mean i forget how much she like cleared at the end of the day because she did lose a little bit too but our favorite slot machine her favorite slot machine i should say was buffalo there's different versions of buffalo and we learned from watching youtube videos that you should not play the branded slot machines you know Mm -hmm. the i dream of genie slot machine the james bond don't play those correct because they have to pay royalties to those companies so you're less likely to win yes they're a little bit rigged to make you not win the generic ones oh yeah that's like a i forgot what's the name of those there's some company that like just does all the licensing so at the end of the day they're licensing across so far that they're just paying out for that all over the place well and because of like nevada gaming commission rules like there is equal odds that you're going to win it's just that the payouts are not as good oh that's how they equalize the two things the payouts are better on other machines it's all random number generators so it's whatever but buffalo and this was confirmed later by my sister's husband, who's had a similar experience. Buffalo was this machine that, like, basically, if you didn't win right off the bat, you needed to skip to another machine. Because more than one time, reset down, spun the shit, and won. Oh. Like, immediately. Huh. And not insignificant amounts of money. $36 one time, 50 something dollars another time. I would just get up and leave. $12 like, well, I'm one done. Time. Yeah, who cares? I mean, she kind of didn't understand, because the... Slot machines work by you put in a certain amount of money and then you get a certain amount of credits, which are not identical to sensor dollars. Yeah. So if you can't quickly do like the arithmetic necessary and you hit the wrong button or you just keep repeating your prior bet, yeah. you're spending 
different amounts or yeah, way yeah. more than you think you are so she didn't really understand this for a while mm. so there was a time she won and then just kept hitting repeat her no bet, which was like a big bet so it went away in like five or six spins oh, rather fuck. than it could no. have lasted like an hour you know so there was a lot of that going on i mean on. they make it easy to repeat the bet for well reasons. exactly exactly and it's hard to understand like what wins and what doesn't. It essentially feels arbitrary because yeah. it gives you a small list on the screen of like the five things that'll win you the grand jackpot, but it doesn't really tell you how you're winning ten cents here, one fifty no, here. It's just like oh, three jacks. You're like three jacks. They're not even lined up, and you'll just you'll just like win a little bit. It's weird. So it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, man, she kept hitting it out of the park. I mean, I'm crestfallen because there was a point where she sat down, hit it, and started winning, and I started taking a video. And I thought she had won $3 or something, and she, that was the one she won, $36. And that video went on like a solid two minutes of it going off and the just clicking up, clicking up, clicking up. We didn't know because oh. you can't understand why you're winning this. Much. Right, yeah. And the video ended up getting deleted accidentally. But I was I, – I, I don't know. I might not have been recording, and then I hit record at oh, the end. Yeah. There was two seconds of it when I oh. went back and looked later. But, yeah, it, it was hilarious. The slots were fun. Um, very anti slots and roulette. That's all we played this time. Huh. Both were fun. Blackjack only. So sorry. Only ever going to do it. Yeah, maybe I wanted to play at tables a little bit, but first of all, tables are intimidating. I do. I mean, I do the video blackjack because yeah, I would do that too. Yeah. Vegas is more full than it used to be. Ooh. My sister even said this was the first year everything feels like normal. People are yeah. coming back. Um, the minimums are just too high. That's why I never played oh, it. Yeah. I mean, per hand, that's fucked up. Per hand? You can play the roulette. Oh, at the tables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can play roulette for $5, so. Oh, yeah, do it. Yeah, not a big deal. We were mostly playing, well, not mostly. We only played virtual roulette, too. They have that. Oh, They have these things called stadium games. um, What? Where it it is live, but you play it on a screen. I don't like that. So there's a table like a he- in front of you that you can see that is spinning and going, but you don't have to be at it. So you're playing Oh, it's like a, a live table, stream. But it's a live a- stream oh, okay, it, to okay. your tablet thing. I'm thinking of like, you know, my image, you know, is like old, like, you know, the tabletop and the, you know, it's 16-bit. Yeah. No, no, no. You know. No, it, it's kind of a nice balance for people like me because, like, I have to admit, I'm a little bit too intimidated by tables. I've played with my dad and stuff, but, like, people at the tables are really intense. The dealers are really yeah, nice. because they're addicted to gambling. And they're going to get fucking pissed off at you if you don't exactly know, know what, what you're, you're doing. doing. Yeah. And it's not that ruins the fun for me. I'd rather yeah. avoid it. That and the high minimum. So what this allows you to do is be low minimum, low stress, and I like it a lot. So. Yeah, fair. The stadium games were cool. That's not a thing I'd ever experienced before. That's a relatively new innovation. I mean, I think that's smart business-wise. You're like, oh, absolutely. Eh, we'll just take less of your money and because you can do more of it. And how a zero is, overhead for them. How much is a fucking iPad and a yeah. camera? Who yeah. gives a shit? Exactly. No, it works great. It's huh. And it's fun. You yeah. can, and you, you, they have like pods of two, so like Rhea and I could sit together but bet separately. And yeah, yeah. It's nice. Fortunately, no fucking free drinks, though. God damn it. That's weird. But, oh, Okay. Let's get into the food talk now because this was the other major element. So when you, I have to, I have to, you know, do a retcon here. So when you said Bouchon, I was like, oh, what? There's one of those in One World Trade. Yeah, there is one in New York. There might be two here, actually. I think I've been to one just accidentally. There used to be one at Rock. I think that closed. Um, but you could just go like that was a pop in. 
Like it's just like a Lapan quotidian of no. Over, well, in New York, it was. It's well, maybe there was just a place called that because I don't know what that French word means. It just means eat. Yeah. I do I know that. Yeah. I do know that Thomas Keller has locations here, but I'm pretty sure there was. There have been several. It, here's here's what I'll say about Bouchon. It, it's not. It's the bistro version of French Laundry. So, admittedly, it is lower cost. It's not low cost, and it's pop inable. Like we ate next to a guy that was eating by himself. Yeah, he came in and he was like, "I want the croque madame," and he got that and one appetizer. It looked, you would have lost your mind at how it looked. A croque madame doesn't have the ham. Come on, it well, it was a sandwich for you. I wish I had. A, I wish I had a picture of how it. much. How much cheese was pouring out of that? It bitch? looked like a cake, like a cake with fondant oh, yeah. on it, yeah. but cheese. Love that. It was really good looking. So anyway, this guy came in. Just to have that, you yeah. know, he, it was late at night, but he oh, was yeah. essentially eating lunch. Drunk food yeah, in Las yeah. Vegas, you just don't know. Whatever, yeah, and the price is right. I mean, if you were if you didn't order wine there, even with wine, it was cheap mm. for that kind of food. Yeah, but if you didn't, it's no more expensive than going to Shea Oscar or some fucking bullshit. Yeah, around here. Yeah, you know. So yes, it's pop in a bowl. That's but, what I mean. Like it's like you know, well, it's Pan an expen- is putting it down. Well, no, it, it's an expense expense lunch place, but not on the high end. You know. We're just like, oh, we're doing a client meeting or whatever, you know. No. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. A client, a lot of client meetings probably yeah. happen there over lunch. I would imagine that's yeah. true. But it doesn't break the bank for people with you, for people when you don't want to necessarily need to show out. Right. It's not a. Sh- it's not a whale. Now here's the thing that I enjoyed about it so much. First of all, it was at the Venetian. I have not spent a lot of time in the Venetian. Underrated hotel. I would really like to stay there the next time I'm in Vegas because you know I make a lot of hay out of the win. The Bellagio, these iconic hotels that are like icons of Italianicity. Venetian does it pretty heavy too. Venetian does it pretty heavy too. We and walked I, through there. Yeah, I think we did. Ten years a, ago, or they whatever. have a lot of uh, fake Greco-Roman sculptures all over the place. Right, they do. But I'll tell you what, Vegas overall, I always remember the simulation style of all that type of stuff, fake European shit. Looking much cheaper. It's not that cheap, actually. I mean, in in the nitty gritty, it is. Oh yeah. So you'll see like one of the things I noticed was you'll you'll see like a column at the Bellagio, and you're like, wow, that's pretty grand. And then you can see the seams where it was like a cast four concrete. part yeah. cast mold that they put yeah, together and just course. left the seams and didn't even bother to like yeah, fuck it. put concrete in and grout them because no one's looking because no one's going to notice. So it's stuff like that, but it's like only around the edges. Like, a, as an impact, and maybe it's because some of these hotels are, like, more than 20 years old at this point that they have a little patina on them. You're like, this almost is passable in a strange way. Yeah. It doesn't look like a ruin. You know, there's yeah. not, like, chipped fragments or whatever. They'd be smart to start to do that. That'd be fun. That would be an interesting, like, temporal experiment, like, if they weathered themselves in real time until they got demolished so that their outdoor stuff started to look more and more, like, well, antique. That'd be cool. They should do that. Luxor. Well, wait till I tell you what I heard about the Luxor. But anyway, Venetian, underrated. It was very nice in there. Bouchon has its own elevator that goes to its own hallway that goes straight to the restaurant. Oh, Kind of amazing. And in the hallway on the way to the restaurant, the only thing you can see is the, like, um, private suite night pool that's in the courtyard. So, like, people that pay a lot of money have a private little night pool that's, like, in a garden in a courtyard. Ooh, gimme. And you get a glimpse of it. On your way to the restaurant. Ooh. The thing I liked about it, price was right. The service was fucking awesome. I, I don't expect much from 
service in Las Vegas, but I guess, you know, when you're affiliated with a well-known like chef's brand, you better be But that's on also point. a hospitality center. What are you talking about? Are you insane? Of course the service is going to be fine. The service was fantastic. So I had questions about the wine. They sent over the sommelier. That was a little intimidating, mm-hmm. but we got a wonderful Bougeli. Um it was good. We paid eighty five dollars for it. Uh, looked it up later on an app, and it's, it's like a seventeen dollars. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm like Bougeley, but it was still do- good. Hey, listen, a chilled red was the right thing for the moment um, because it was one hundred and ten outside at night, and we'd walked there. Yeah, white wine. This was our ill fated attempt to walk to a place. Oh, the only time we did it, white wine. But anyway. The service was great. I I loved our waitress. She was very attentive. And so, like, we decided to order a bunch of small bites just to split because we wanted to try as much of the menu as possible. And she did this wonderful thing that maybe I've experienced before, but I've never noted, where we ordered whatever we ordered in whatever order. And then she was like, this is how we're going to present it to you. And she ordered the way that it was served. Yeah. And did it beautifully. I don't know if I've ever seen that done exactly. Usually it's like when you order off sections of the menu, kind of comes in that order. This is where New York is failing, where like if you just order things, you're at the mercy of the kitchen and the servers are like, I just want to turn the table. That's right. Yeah. Like we're really kind of fucking it up really hard. Like in a perfect world. And this does happen maybe in small places. They're like, all right, we'll bring it out. And then they'll they'll be like, okay, so this is going to be ready first. Um, but let's get you your snacks really quick. You know. So you start a nibble and then have a little bit taste of that and then you get your next thing. See, that's the thing that I've experienced before in a good situation in New York. But what I've never experienced before was it's not about what comes out first. It's about for what you ordered, this is the best order. Right. So even if it makes no sense in terms of what the kitchen has to do. Yeah. And who knows? She could have been bamboozling me and been a really smart, experienced waitress that is just doing it in the order that's more convenient for the that's kitchen. absolutely what is happening. I don't even care if that's true. The way that it's presented... I'm just telling you that's what's happening. I'm sure but that's what's happening. That's pe- but that's peak service where you're like, I'm not going to let them know oh, what yeah. they don't need to know, and I'm going to make it seem special because I want that sweet, sweet tip money. And it did seem special. Yeah. It's when it's in, it's not even explained. It's just the tone and she's firm and authoritative that's a pro she was a pro it was great um so we got the the deviled eggs which were divine i wouldn't miss them i know that seems like a thing that you could get anywhere you know my thoughts on those not so um the salmon roulette this was a huge highlight for me riette riette sorry thank you so much i don't know the french wow (sighs) i really embarrassed myself to that waitress probably because i did say roulette but riette uh, the Riet was fucking amazing yeah. because I know that that's typically like a thing preserved in fat, right? Th- was it in a jar? Or? Yes. So, oh, those, that's delicious. So yeah. it was in a jar it's and just a schmear of fish when, yeah. when the, it wasn't our waitress, but when the busser, the, you know, whoever ran it, ran it, came over, he opens it and he takes a special knife and he cuts the compound butter off the top because it's like a wax seal yeah and he's like so i'm gonna cut the butter off for you and i could leave this or not but we recommend that you put a little schmear of this on uh yeah. before you eat the riette yeah of course and i had not experienced that and i was like of course leave it please leave it yeah and it's like the hardest like it's butter but a cheese yeah and then you put the salmon oh 
that's already in butter on mm-hmm. top of it. I mean, divine. And the bread there also amazing. First well, of all, yeah, they just bring you um, like a baguette thing and they just throw it on the table. No plate or whatever. Mm. You yeah. know, and they have the crumb people. And oh, a crummer. They just throw it on the table and there's butter there. And yeah. you start with that. But every single dish, of course, is bread heavy. Mm. And they're just like Go different yeah. kinds of bread. Amazing. So the the salmon react came with different bread. Toasts and stuff. Yeah. 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 Amazing. And then we got escargot that comes with little puff pastries mm. in a little dish, steaming hot. Definitely the best escargot I've ever had. I've only had it one other time. But I like the idea of a, a puff pastry with that. Well, it's amazing because they serve it with the puff pastry on top, so it looks like it's just pastry. And then oh. you pull it off, and the escargot is underneath. So you scoop it and then smear it? Yes. Oh, that's oh, that's nice. It was quite good and served at the right temperature. Of course. Of what course. Um, Steaming hot. Why don't people do that here? I don't know. That's very sneaky. That's a really good idea. It was Shit. Great. It was was great. it in the, the little the dish that I hate that looks like a deviled egg dish with a little yes. scoop? Yes, yes. I hate those. Yes. But... But it was cast iron. And Honestly, it was... perfect for putting a puff pastry on. Oh, yeah. Too hot to touch. It was great. That's smart. It was cool. Um, then we got a uh, country pate. I have no idea what was in it. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably like duck liver and something else. There was a lot of pork. Maybe pork, yeah. Yeah. Um, very good, but really spice heavy. It was good, but it was probably the most forgettable thing because it's just like spice it's just fat, goo. fat and meat flavor, yeah. No. Yeah, and then our, our finish, which was our main, was the mussels. It was quite good. Delicious. Wanted to get a little bit of seafood in there. I guess the salmon seafood too, but... Yeah. Um, pretty baseline mm. thing to order, but we didn't want to get an entire entree. I mean, that was already a shit ton of food. You know, much like omakase or something, yeah. like it's really deceptive. But when you're eating French food, it's literally only carbs and fat. Well, I, mean, I guess there's protein in there technically. Here's but. the thing: if you're in France, you know this. If you're in France, that bread doesn't even count. That's true. It doesn't count. Like, that is kind of how I felt about it at the time too. It's like it doesn't count. This doesn't count. Well, no, it's like eating like good bread here. You know, the off chance you have like good bread, you're like, again, is it a carb? No. This is a negative intake. Yeah. You know, and it, French Laundry, they're probably going to, or a Keller adjacent thing, that's going to be baked. It's not going to be a sugar bomb the way that all other breads in America are, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. So, like, that's the thing. Like, in France, you're like, well, I don't feel like shit. Oh, there's no candy in it. Great. There's no corn syrup in, in this process. Yeah, very little sweetness on the palate in general. Great. Yeah, you're Which, getting sweetness from, like, in the Riette situation, you're getting the sweetness from the fish and the oil and, yes. and the fish. Like, that's going to taste like candy on its own, so you need a blank slate to shove it in your mouth with. That's right. Oh. And then the sweetness comes in the form of the wine, really. Yeah, it'll be jammier. Yeah. That's probably why they said gamay, because you're doing just salt, 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 salt. Well, I picked that. Well, you asked, though. You know. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. I asked the sommelier because I was looking at was. I'm like, I don't know... You know, I know that Beaujolais is like a place. It's I also kn- a style of wine. And a style. Yeah. There's a section As on a the style, menu yeah. for it. Um, I know that I like Gamay's because that's a type of grape. And that's about all that I know. So, sommelier, 
Give me recommendations. Okay, your recommendations are really expensive. Give me a second recommendation that's not so expensive, <laughs> and I will pick that one. I mean... That, so that's what I did. It went in Rome. I don't know. You should have just been like, sure, whatever. Well, had I known that the total bill for two people was under $250 with wine, I would have sprung for it. But I, I just thought it was going to be more expensive than it was. It was, was kind it an of an $80 bottle of wine? Yeah. It was the most expensive thing we got by far. I could have gotten a $120 bottle of wine. No, oh, do it. Fuck it. Yeah. Whatever. But then again, when you start to look things up on apps and you're like, oh, the $120 bottle of wine's a $22 bottle. <laughs> like, it's kind, oh, of, abs- no. it's yeah, kind no, no. of absurd. I mean, that's... <sighs> I didn't look it up beforehand. We looked it up after because I was like, I really like this wine. I want to like know how to find it again. And then, yeah, sure enough, it's like dirt cheap. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I did that look up recently but anyway we're running long here and we got to do an after show but okay. let me let me finish the food thread it's yeah. okay to give people a longer episode we never Whatever. do that anymore that's fine um din tai fung i don't want to talk about din tai fung the food because you said i was going to be unimpressed i wasn't unimpressed it was fine but you know it's very much a franchise place these days it was good it was that's very good. what i mean it's mid there once was a glory to din tai fung when it was novel it's not that way anymore your second time as an East Coaster, you're just like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I, Flushing has better. I'll say it now. Uh, I think that's true, except for maybe the wontons, but it's not like I order wontons all the time, so I don't really know. Mm. I got a place. What I, w- what I will say food-wise is I agree with, I agree with you 100% on that, and one of the things that we noticed in Vegas in general was, like, when we went to Bouchon, of course we made a reservation or whatever, but we walked in, and the place is, like, essentially empty. I mean, it was, like, yeah. us and, like, four other people, and this is, like, an 8.30 reservation. It's, oh, like, not a crazy yeah. time. Well. And this kind of kept happening to us, but one of the other places that we went, I'll get back to Din Tai Fung in a second, mm-hmm. was uh, the Vanderpump à Paris, because Brie is, of course, a Vanderpump Rules yeah. fan. Vanderpump was fucking packed. And Americans are stupid. And then, exactly. And then she actually goes, "You know what? I want to do an experiment. I want you to look up what the wait times are or the reservations are for the Gordon Ramsay burger." Because in our glorious hotel room with an amazing view, by the way, shouts out Jordan, thank you very much. We had a we had an amazing hotel room. Hmm. Uh, studio fountain view. I mean, I've never had a hotel room that had two TVs and like an entire section that had oh. a couch and uh, That's like a suite. Yeah. We had a suite. Yeah. And it had an amazing view of the new like sphere thing that you've probably seen all over Instagram, which looked fucking cool, actually. I have I to think admit. It's terrifying. It looked amazing. Anyway. And we could see the Bellagio fountains oh. at the same time. The night view there was huh. spectacular. Well, so yeah. once again, thank you so much. Um What the fuck was I talking about? Oh, so Vanderpump. And and redoes yeah. the experiment of going, Oh, hey, I want you to look up Gordon Ramsay Burger. Yeah. And I look it up, no reservations available for like a week and a half. Americans are dumb. Gordon Ramsay Burger was like packed the fuck out, yet Bouchon, we didn't need a reservation. Because Americans don't have taste. So Din Tai Fung is similar. Yeah. Where no, it's not empty. It's fucking packed because it's a franchise thing. Oh, because everyone from LA is just like taking a weekend or whatever. We got sat pretty quickly without a reservation, but there was a line. Yeah. yeah. It was like, it was packed. That's normal. And it's a huge restaurant. Usually just wait like. 10, 15 minutes, and then you're sat. It's a huge restaurant. Yeah. More than 50 tables. And it was full. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, that just the goes the to mall the... mall in L.A. is huge. Uh, exactly. But that just goes to the point that it's, like, closer to a McDonald's than not. Yeah. Here's the crazy thing that happened to me at Din Tai Fung, my crazy story. Which soup dumplings did you get? 
just the soup dumplings. You didn't get the crab and pork. We get the pork and crab. That's like kind of the only one there is. No, there's the pork. Oh, just I pork? Think, no, we got I pork think and crab. The better one, the pork and crab going downhill. Anyway, continue. So we're finishing our meal there, and kind of just you know the restaurant's overwhelmed. So we're just kind of waiting for our polite waiter to come back. He doesn't. He's not coming back. And out of the corner of my eye, I like make a weird face. Because I see someone I recognize go into the kitchen, and Ree picks up on it, and she goes, like, why are you making that face? And I was like, I mean, I think I just saw my cousin oh, like go into the kitchen. And the she was like, person? what? And, I, well, my cousin's half Korean. This factors into the story. Huh. So I was like. What are Koreans doing? Making I was like, I think I saw my cousin. I think he works here. And so when our waiter finally comes back, I'm like, hey, does a Justin Herdell work here? And he's like. No, I don't think so, but maybe. Does he look like you? And I was like, not really. He's Korean. And our waiter goes, well, I'm Korean, and it's only me and one other guy, so I don't think so. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I thought I saw him going to the kitchen. It was out of the corner of my eye. No big deal. We sit there. We finish our sake. We, you know, do our bill. We're on our way out. Said same waiter comes running out of the kitchen with a young Korean man mm-hmm. and goes, is this the Justin you're looking for? And it's my fucking cousin. Oh, shit. Okay. And and you're like, hi. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I've been on vacation for a while. I don't know everybody that works here because my cousin's a busser and he's like a waiter. Yeah. Or a runner or whatever. And he's like, I didn't know everyone. So I don't, he didn't say, but I guess he must have gone back in the kitchen and been like, is there a Justin Herdell here? Yeah. You know? And gotten the right answer and then ran him out to me. Like, just in time. We were on our way out of the yeah. place. And, I, you know, I say hi to my cousin or whatever. And he's like, did you recognize me? And I was like, yeah, dude, it's fucking crazy. Because he was like 75 feet away. Yeah. And it was literally out of the corner of my eye. I was like, I know that's him. It was like a weird thing that can only happen between family. Right. Now, keep in mind, my cousin is like 21 or 22. So the last time I saw him, he was in his late teens probably. Um, he doesn't really remember what I look like, you know. I only right. see him every three, four years. Yeah, and extend that back two sessions ago, he was twelve. Yeah, and the last time he saw me, he was seventeen or something. Yeah. He doesn't really know what I look like. Yeah, so he's like, "You recognized me?" And I was like, "Yeah." Did, did you recognize me? And like, even walking up to me, he was like, "No." <laughs> and you know, I could tell he was like, "It's nice to see you and everything," and blah blah blah. But long story short, the the heartwarming part of it was not only that encounter you got to meet Rhee and stuff, but we had made plans to do like a family event the following Monday when we got back from Zion. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, did you get, you know, my mom and sister's email about the family thing? And he was like, yeah, maybe I'll be there. Maybe I won't. But then he ended up showing up. Oh. And like normally I don't think he would have done that. That's nice. But it was like nice yeah. to run into him and he showed up. It was it was cool. Oh, that's sweet. No, that was my Din Tai Fung story. A lot of Koreans in this Chinese restaurant. Oh, I mean, Vegas is overrun with Koreans. What do they do to make them, them dumplings though? Mm-hmm. I don't have the hands for it. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Too <laughs> Doing fucking phrenology on the Koreans right <laughs> just now? The hands. All right. Just the hands. All right. Well, that, now it's time to move to the after show. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.